hear awfully quiet on this screen. What the fuck? Hmm. Is there a master volume somewhere? It's this big knob uh, over here. Yes, that's probably it. Why don't you fiddle with that knob? The big one in the middle? All of our shit is fucked up. Uh, we'll explain why after Jake does the intro. <laughs> yes, hello everybody. Welcome to Death by Music Podcast. I am Jake. I'm here with uh, Alex and no Cassie because she is about, what, three days out now well, as of this recording? When this comes out, which will be Monday, which is tomorrow, she'll be two days away from evicting that baby from her shit. Uh... Wouldn't that require an extra 30 days? I think, what? Well, when you give eviction notices, they have to have 30 days notice, right? So you're speaking as as a landlord. Is I'm this, speaking as this... a hospital person. I don't think they give you 30, you know, if your baby's not born on the due date. Well, no, I'm just saying if they were going, going to evict it in a couple of days, you know, maybe they should have given it the notice. 30, 30 days, days ago. ago that would have been smart i yeah. don't think she did that but if yeah right so she if she didn't do that now now she's got an extra 30 days she's got to wait that kid i told her today it's going to be born a fully grown child by the time he finally decides to come out he'll be ready for first grade just sign him up <laughs> he's gonna be a big a bi- <laughs> i was gonna call him a big bitch but that's probably mean to think to say about a baby so he's well, gonna be we'll a, have to wait and see how he big turns old out baby <laughs> um yeah, so he's coming out pretty soon here, hopefully. And I think like if they don't, if they don't do it on the due date, then they like force them to. I don't know. I know she wants to have like a a push birth. <laughs> she told me she's here's what she said when I texted her this morning. Let me find You're it. Put her in a pool. Ew, no, I don't think they're doing that. Oh. Ah, so that she can swim in her own juice, too, <laughs> oh, like the gross. baby's been doing, so she can really feel <laughs> what he's been feeling for the last nine months. So I asked how she was doing. She said she was uncomfortable. And she said he's got three days before the eviction notice. I'm still nervous that my vagina's going to rip to my asshole, but here we are. Sure, you can do exercises for that, right? Stretches? Stretches? What? I don't think so. I don't know. I've seen things on the internet. Um. Okay. Well, I don't <laughs> think... it. You know, if they need your help, Cassie, Jake has seen things on the internet, and he apparently is an expert at this, so if, no, if you're saying. listening out there, Cassie, and you need his help... Uh, I honestly wouldn't even ask. I No, you don't have to. Just go to the internet. Okay. Well, anyways, the whole reason why our shit's <laughs> fucked up here in the studio is because we went to Dragon Con, Jake and I, in Atlanta. It's a big comic book convention we've been talking about for ever. And, um, you know, we packed up all of our equipment. We took it all down and we brought it all the way to Atlanta with us in a car that was packed to the brim full of shit. And then we didn't even use it. We didn't even yeah. unzip the bag once. Nope. We we put it in the room and I looked at it once and uh, that was it. We did plan on doing a, uh, I don't know, a Dragon Con special episode, if you will. Um, just never happened. A lot of waking up late, uh, a lot of afternoon naps, uh, just a lot of stuff going on. So we just yeah. really didn't set aside the time to, to get anything done while we were there. I Maybe slept next way time. too much to record. Oh, yeah. You slept a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, I wasn't sleeping in, really. I would wake up fairly early, and then we would go do stuff, and then I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to take a three-hour nap. Yeah. Um, so I took a nap every single day. It was fucking awesome. I didn't get shit housed except for um, Dr. Roxo Day. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to take it easy. I was like, you know, I'm going to limit myself to six beers a day, which is yeah. not a lot when you're partying. So then on uh, Saturday when I was Dr. Roxo walk out of the hotel and everybody's screaming at me immediately. They're all like, cocaine! <laughs> it's Dr. Raxo, the rock and roll clown! And I was like sober and I was like, okay, well this fucking sucks. So I was like, alright guys, I'm getting fucked up tonight. <laughs> so, I think I saw a picture of you with a rum bucket. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Or was I had that a lot that of same night or was that, that a was the same one? night. Yeah, I had um I got kind of shitty that night, but I mean, to be expected. I had to do it to be in character cuz I met another Dr. Roxo and he was so mm-hmm. like on it. He was doing it, but then it was a little too much because he was like, "If you meet anybody who wants to put their willy in Dr. Roxo's butthole tonight, I'm looking." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, sir. I'll let you know." But I'm going to go ahead and walk away right now. And he just kept going. He was like, oh, yeah, my butthole has been prepared. It is ready. And I was like, cool. All right. Is anybody listening? Do you guys want to? Anybody want to <laughs> fuck this guy? So we saw him in the hotel. We had that whole interaction. And then we were leaving the hotel. And we had accumulated more people from our group. Mm-hmm. And as we were leaving the hotel, we were walking by. And he was standing outside talking to somebody. And I saw him. And I was like, walk the other way. And all of these other people, like these observers, were like, Dr. Roxo, there's another Dr. Roxo over there. And I was like, thank you. Yep, we've met him before. Um, We appreciate it, though. And they were like, no, 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 (laughs) Dr. Roxo, look, there's two Dr. Roxos. And I was like, stop. Stop saying that. We're walking away. (laughs) We already did this earlier. We don't need to do it again. I was like, we have somewhere to be. Please, thank you. We appreciate your service. And uh, we're going to go now. You ran into one other one, too. I saw some pictures of. Another Lady Roxo? Not this year. No, that was in the current photo session. No, I didn't. Yes, it's in there. I did not meet another Lady Roxo. Somebody did. It wasn't me. Probably all those rum buckets. No, I would. I didn't black out. Oh, shit. Did you find it? Oh, it was the rum buckets. <laughs> That's Is that a woman? That's I'm a man. I'm pretty sure... Uh, That's a man with a wit. Look at his beard. What the fuck are you talking where, about? All right, you're looking at the wrong one then. The wrong one? How many Roxos did I meet? I don't know. I wasn't there. Oh, shit. There is... What the fuck? Oh, I guess I did black out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that's that her. at yeah, all. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> wow. Are we sure? Yeah, these are all from this year. Yeah, I'm th- wearing this my... is this year's uh, photo album. Wow, so there were four Dr. Roxos? I don't even remember two of them. The only ones that matter are me and the butthole guy. All right, moving forward. How was your Dragon Con? Uh, it was great. I survived. I did, you know, last year I almost lost a day because I... You had got, like got one whiskey the, drink? Yeah, I got into the, that Turkey 101 and that messed me up for a day. But uh, yeah, I did good this year. Uh, it was fun. Damn, I guess I'm going to have to post all these Roxo photos on the on the podcast page since <laughs> i don't fucking remember taking them <laughs> yeah got to do monsters me and daniel haven't done monsters in forever you die a little bit every time you put those on so but it's you've fun. probably taken you've probably shaved a good five years off of your life from being a monster probably at conventions we could put a picture of that up because jake's face isn't showing so yeah. i'll throw some photos of, from that up as well yeah, yeah. Uh, we also got an email while we were gone from doomsday duncan dear death by music podcast team hi my name's aiden i live in the middle of nowhere illinois we're sorry. Fun. <laughs> he said, and for the last few months, your podcast has been one of my go-to sources of entertainment in this hellish state I currently call home. <laughs> it's become one of my favorites, even. You all have amazing and unique personalities that make your show insanely entertaining, and music history has always been one of my favorite topics. I guess that's enough dick riding for now. Hmm. Not enough. We <laughs> will always accept more dick riding. He says, so I'll get on with the actual topic of the email. I'm not sure if you guys are up for this one because it's a topic that has to do with modern rap music and culture, which isn't really something I've heard you guys discuss on the podcast. So there's this group of modern rappers who have all died called the 21 Club. I had no fucking clue. And he says it's mostly inspired by the 27 Club, but instead, all the musicians in this club died at age 21. One of the said members is one of my favorite musicians 
musicians of all time, Juice World. I was you about guys, to say, I wonder if Juice World was in there. Yeah. So uh, he said, if you guys could please do an episode on him, I think that would do super well. Literally, I won't stop emailing you guys until you at least consider it. Hell, I'd even <laughs> subscribe to the Patreon for something like that. Uh, hey. But anyways, keep on kicking butt and taking names. Deuces, Aiden. Thanks. Yeah, and he said, P.S. Song I'd Be Stabbed To would probably be Every Breath You Take by the Police just because of how much that song creeps me out, which is a good choice because it's really quiet. So I just imagining something really gory happening to a very quiet song is... That uh, would it would make for fuck. an interesting movie scene, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well thank you for the email. Um, that We would definitely consider doing that. With that, I'm sure we'll be putting that on the list, actually. That's a pretty good topic. Yeah, I did, I did go ahead and put that on the list... Um, and if there's a 21 Club shit, we might even do just a Patreon season on 21 Club since we did it for 27. Yeah. Well, so, we'll, have to, we'll, 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 we'll have to dig into it and uh, see how much content or information there is out, out there I think there was a lot because actually, so. wasn't he was on that Eminem song that you were listening to. We, we took yeah, a road yeah. trip at some point. I don't know. It could have been this last one. I don't fucking know. But you were asking about him and then I was looking it up and like reading the whole story. I think he was the dude who like swallowed all the drugs and shit when the plane got something raided something like that yeah yeah he yeah. was on a plane he swallowed all his drugs because the cops were on searching for him and i think he died because of that i think i'm, I'm not 100 yeah sure. we were looking at it and then the problem with the a lot of the younger modern rappers these things have been so recent that there isn't as much information as I would like, you know, because right. I feel like a lot of this stuff is still under investigation. So one of the people that we've talked about recently off the show about covering was Mac Miller because the people who provided the drugs to him that he overdosed on recently got prosecuted. So we were uh, like, yeah. okay, so now yeah. there's finally kind of an ending to this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they finally found some sort of resolution, like the people were found, the people were charged, and they were sentenced. So now we feel like that's a proper ending to the story that we can tell. Trying to find the stories that are uh, at a point where we would say they are complete, and we could tell the full story without having to do like add-on episodes later down the road as things get figured out. I guess that's the the goal. So if you guys know yeah. people, yeah, we put Juice World on the list. Mac Miller's been on the list for a while. We just want to make sure we tell a complete story, which is why a lot of our shit's from like the 50s because there's no new information <laughs> coming out about that. Yes. Yeah, it, that <laughs> shit is done with yeah. and over with and there's no way that the story, I mean, very seldom would change from what we've already got. So cool. Yeah, thanks for listening to the show. Sorry you live in Illinois. Um, and it's been 12 days and you haven't sent us an email. So what the <laughs> fuck's up, man? I thought you were going to keep emailing us. We miss you. Um, okay. So t- today, I think that's all we really had to. Oh, we mention. did go to Ramstein too. Oh yeah. Shit. We saw Ramstein. It was fucking awesome. It was the best, best concert I've ever been to in my life. And she's a concert person. I've been to at least 1 million concerts in my life. I go to like one probably one a week yeah it's just easy to go to concerts they're they're everywhere yeah. like like we've got one coming up today it's the outlaw music festival with willie nelson billy strings nathaniel rateliff and one of my co-workers was like oh i wouldn't think you would want to do a work event and i was like work event bitch i'm trying I'm to see to billy strings it. what are you talking about <laughs> i like music i like going to concerts so yeah. yeah we're gonna do that later today but we did see ramstein it's fucking sick Probably the the craziest stage, I, well, either of us has, has ever seen. Yeah. That it was stage nuts. was insane. And the, I just like how they did the little um, techno dance break in the middle. 
Oh yeah, that's fun. a that was the uh, Deutschland remix by Richard Crisp, their guitarist, and mm-hmm. it's actually on Spotify. It's really fun to listen to. Yeah, so I mean, it's like an industrial metal show. They have all the pyro and stuff, and it gets really heavy. And then they have these segments where they kind of pull it back, and it just turns into like an underground German yeah. nightclub. Well, they need they need like five minutes to take a break. You know, it's it was like it's a two hot. and a half hour show. It's hot as balls up there. <laughs> they got to do outfit changes. I mean, uh-huh. did, they're doing more outfit changes than Lady Gaga. It was nuts or Weird Al. Shit. Oh, I don't know about that. Weird Al does a lot on his main shows. Okay, fine. Mm. But yeah, it was it was really fun. Yeah, that was a crazy trip. They were back to back, literally back to back. Ramstein. Then literally the next day we're at Dragon Con in, in Atlanta. So that was fun. Yeah, that's why I took so many fucking naps. Is because I had to stay up overnight and drive us back from Philadelphia yeah. to Virginia, yeah. uh, so that we could leave for Dragon Con the next day. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So we didn't do any episodes with Victoria. <laughs> Oops, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, we were out having too much fun. <laughs> We do have an episode for those of you who like black metal, which seems to be a fair amount, which is alarming, honestly. <laughs> um, we did it is interesting. A, an A to Z, which we mentioned on our black metal mini episode we did recently. We did the A to Z of Gorgoroth for Patreon. And so if you subscribe to our Patreon or if you want to, it's patreon.com slash death by podcast team. It's $5 a month. You get two episodes per month. And we're about to do one for september oh yeah it's about this dude who uh worked at like an insane asylum and made music with the screams of mental patients rape victims and kids yeah i'm we'll give you more details if you listen to the patreon episode pretty sure i've heard that story before nuts i may have even heard the that particular piece we'll talk about it on patreon so find some links and shit for that but for now we are talking about a story that Brittany, my homie, sent us uh, about how Elvis Presley made money off of his haters. So we are on cbc.ca. Oh, CBC Radio. Okay, that's what this is. No author listed. When Elvis Presley hit the airwaves in 1954, rock and roll as we know it discovered its first book end. Uh, his original five singles on the Sun label were regional hits in the southern U.S., but his impact was beginning to send tremors throughout the music industry. In November of 1955, Sun Records founder Sam Phillips ran into financial difficulties and sold Elvis' contract to RCA Records for $35,000, which was the largest sum paid for a singer up until that time. (laughs) In March of the following year, a cigar-chomping ex-carnival promoter named Colonel Tom Parker signed Presley to a management contract. It would be a partnership that would last until Presley's death 21 years later. Oh my God, I thought that said 21 days later, and I was like, we covered him. What wow. is this talking about? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, while Colonel Park, is that his first name? That cannot be his first name. He's just being a jerk. Uh, he's while- a carnival promoter. He's a fucking <laughs> tool bag. Oh, so he's like Captain Spaulding. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways. Without the makeup. Uh, while Colonel Parker uh, instantly understood his young singer was becoming the hottest act around, he also figured his popularity might last two years at most. I mean, he is a pop star, so. Yeah, I don't know that people really expected musical groups to last that long. Like, yeah, I don't think they're really never, expecting anybody to hit it big. You it had never happened, not with any 50s artists. Yeah. I mean, so that what was, did they have? They didn't have any thing. they didn't have any carryover from like the 1920s that they right. were like this order's just still fucking huge. <laughs> it's all new at that point. Yeah. With his new RCA contract, Elvis insisted on recording a song inspired by the suicide of a lonely man who jumps from a hotel window. Oh. Brutal. <laughs> 
Oh, that's what Heartbreak Hotel is about. It must be. Okay. No, he's getting kind of metal here. Um, it was called Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah, there it is. It was called Heartbreak Hotel. The uh, record company was completely against it, saying nobody would be interested in a song that morbid. Elvis was unfazed and recorded it anyways. Uh, the song topped Billboard's charts for seven weeks, going to number one on the country and western and R&B charts. It became Elvis's first million-selling record. Seeing that national success, uh, Colonel Tom Parker started to plan an extensive marketing campaign to make his boy the number one attraction in North America. All the while, Elvis harbored a secret desire to be a movie star. It is believed that this was Elvis's real goal in life. Uh, so in 1956, Presley made his first movie titled Love Me Tender. And maybe this wasn't him. Maybe this was somebody else that we covered who kind of went from music to movies. But they like wanted to be given serious film roles, but were always given movies associated with songs. So they would still yeah. be in the movie, but they were just like now a singer in the movie. Yeah, that's kind of that typecasting yeah. thing that was going on. The film was a huge hit, and there were one million advanced sales for the title song, a first for a single in music history. Sensing a marketing opportunity that no music manager had ever considered before, Colonel Parker signed a deal with a Beverly Hills movie merchandiser for $40,000. And it doesn't sound like much, but back in the 50s, it's probably mm -hmm. shitload. Uh, the goal was to turn Elvis into a brand. It's also a modern term. Uh, it was a revolutionary strategy uh, as it was the first all-out merchandising campaign ever aimed at the teen market. In just a few months, over 50 different Elvis-themed products were produced from charm bracelets to necklaces to scarves, teddy bear perfume. Teddy uh, bear? Teddy bears. <laughs> tops, bubblegum cards. Wow, that's neat. And uh, sneakers. Did they have those back in the 50s? Sneakers? Uh, Are you kidding sneakers. me? <laughs> of course they had sneakers. So uh, they also had record players, hats, lipstick, uh, in Heartbreak Pink and Hound Dog Orange. Ew. Uh, sold with the slogan, Keep Me Always on Your Lips. Gross. Oh, well, yeah. Several yeah, ways crazy. you can do that. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reported that by the end of 1957, Elvis, Elvis merchandise had grossed over $22 million. Wow. In 1962, Colonel Parker's share of the booty uh, <laughs> would become an eye-popping 50%. Holy crap, yeah. That guy's breaking it in. His most ingenious product, though, was I Hate Elvis Buttons. The colonel even made money from people who despised his hip-swiveling star. I mean, wow. Like Elvis is a... <laughs> yeah, look at these. Elvis is a jerk. I hate Elvis. Elvis, Elvis the, the joik. joik. <laughs> kind of 50 shit is that? Uh, when Elvis went into the Army for a two-year posting in 1958, the sustained merchandise marketing helped keep his image alive. When he returned in 1960, it was as if Elvis hadn't skipped a beat. The nearly 50-year-old 50 uh, year old Colonel Tom Parker had not only promoted the uh, first major rock and roll star in history, he had designed the first ever blueprint for marketing rock and roll that included not just the music, but movies, TV shows, concerts, and hundreds of products. I mean, it's genius. So he, he made money from people who weren't buying Elvis merchandise by selling I hate Elvis merchandise. And they probably didn't even realize where their money was going. Yeah, they didn't think it was going to Elvis, so yeah. they bought it anyways. You know, I'm just imagining like the parents dragging their kids to the concert that are like, man, fuck this shit. And then they have to go up and get their daughter a t-shirt. And they're like, God damn it. And they're like, ah, give me an I hate Elvis pin. Fuck this nerd. And they're like still giving him their money. <laughs> so this was a Reddit post that Brittany originally shared with me. And I'm um, just going through the comments on there. Clown25 said, he would have been a great wrestling promoter. Love you or hate you. As long as they're speaking your name, you're a star, which is very true. Uh, but this is the same manager we talked about in the episode on Elvis that um, 
he was super protective of his relationship with Elvis. He isolated him and encouraged his descent into drug addiction and poor health and is part of the reason why Elvis died at 42 years old. Basically, this manager was just using him for the money. But uh, we do have to watch the new Elvis movie. Somebody said here, if you watch the new Elvis movie, you'll see that his manager was a ridiculous opportunist. I don't think he's the worst person alive, but he knew how to squeeze every possible dollar from this dude. Oh, I believe it. There's people like that all over the place. Yeah, this quote is, I play both sides, so I can win. Pretty genius. I don't know. Maybe we should make some I Hate Death by Music podcast t-shirts for the guy who says we don't know 80% of what we're talking about. Let's see. Yeah, I guess that's um, mostly it for today. We will keep you guys up to date on Cassie's condition and when the baby's... As it improves. Yeah, because it's supposed <laughs> to be in the next week. I would think that if she doesn't... Because he's fucking huge and if she doesn't have her baby when he's supposed to be had then i think they would induce her into labor because that boy needs to get out of there so we'll keep you up to date on our social media also wanted to throw a shout out to my friend sean sean hood he works at a radio station where we are located and he's an old friend of mine from from radio stuff so he's got a podcast called I guess this is growing up. You can find it on Spotify. And uh, if you go to anchor.fm, I believe it's anchor.fm slash growing up pod. And a little little about their show. Two old friends, Joe and Sean, are technically grown up and realize that nobody has any idea what they're doing. Wow, ain't that the tooth? Uh, they decided that life is chaotic enough, so why not just turn on the mics and talk about whatever life throws at them? So you can check them out and you can also check us out oh thanks find us on patreon as we mentioned before thanks for getting us to one billion downloads just kidding let me check on our no oh, well, fuck Thirty-five thousand. last time i saw it was 30 but i haven't looked at it in a while i'm gonna tell you no thanks to you nerds we're only at thirty-seven thousand downloads ah, but close. thank you for making august our best month yet even though we didn't actually really release anything new we got like a thousand more downloads than we normally get per month so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. It tells us that you're sharing this shit with your family and friends, which you should be. Uh, if you guys want t-shirts, sorry, we don't have any hate t-shirts. We only have love t-shirts. If you love us, um, you can see the design on our Facebook page. Just send us a message. We'll figure out how to get you a shirt. Unless your name is Kathleen, in which case she ordered shirts like finally, I don't know, two months ago, and they're still sitting in my office at work. <laughs> uh, she's my mom. It's okay. I won't do that to you guys. But I'll do it to her. All right. Thanks for listening. Rest in peace. Later. Music by Demons at Demons Band on Instagram. Artwork by Mike Johnson. Writing and production by Cassie Gardner, Alex Motler, and Jake.